Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good morning, folks. This is Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence here in Orlando, Florida. We are powered by Gym Supply where they have been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. Now, you probably didn't join this morning to listen to me talk about myself and who I am and what I do. Sean DeVore is with us here again. Let's make sure that we've got everything connected. Sean, are you with us this morning? Yes, good morning, Dave. How are you? You had me kind of worried there for a minute. I was wondering if I'd lost you. No, I'm still here. You're still there. Well... Folks, you know, uh, we talk about anything and everything, and this is a live show today. Uh, we said we have a few people already on the line, and yes, folks, we are even before our 10.30 start time, but there's people here. We've got almost 100 people that have been following us here on Podbean Live. We thank you very much. One of the things that we want to talk about today is, of course, what is on everybody's mind when it comes to facility maintenance, Sean. And this is this infectious, uh, this virus that we all are talking about. And so I think today, uh, let's talk about chemistry and floors. So we're going to talk about residue then. (laughs) Well, I think chemistry leaves a residue. And I was, uh, you know, I was doing some uh, reviewing of different things. And, you know, you hear about the cruise ships and the airlines and all of these things that have had the infection and they've been shut down and they're transporting people. What, I mean, I know that you're the manufacturer of the surfaces. So if people are just throwing all these chemicals at them, what's this going to do to the surfaces that they're now charged to take care of? Well, it's like we've talked about before. A lot of times it's it has to do with, the type of flooring, the type of um, chemical they're putting on the floor, how long do they let it set there before they wipe it off, and then what the residue that's left attracts after the person who cleaned the floor moved on. So factors that go into it, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, chlorine bleach is going to be a problem again. Well, I think you're right. I was watching here something. Uh, I'm actually looking at a uh, article from the Washington Post uh, from um, Saturday, I believe it is. And they're talking about what products to use, how long to use them. And uh, you know, when you really think about this, that we've got hard surfaces and soft surfaces, do we treat these services both the same? Uh, we'll get into the products and stuff a little bit, but I'm thinking, do we need to be telling these people that they treat both of these surfaces the same with the same product the same way? No, they're completely different. You've 
on the hard surface side, you've got sheet vinyl, and then you've got LVT and LVT and then and then on the soft surface, you've got broadland carpet. Don't know what we're we're getting a lot of skipping. Can, uh, can you hear me better now? I can hear you better now. Try that over again. Okay. So we've got different types of hard surface, sheet vinyl, LVT, LVP, VCT, all those different types of surfaces on the hard surface side, and then we have carpet tile and broadloom, which are completely different things, also. So there's different chemicals used on all different types of services. I hate to be so in such a gray area, but it's just there's a lot of different things to talk about when you talk about applying chemicals to surfaces. Well, and that's why, you know, we're, we're talking about it because floors are the, one of the biggest things. I mean, if you see this, uh, I heard that a school was being closed down because of this. Uh, you've got uh, this uh, Princess Cruises, you know, that came out with a whole protocol that they've got vessel sanitization program. Uh, that they put in place for the norovirus. And of course, you know, we've got a different virus today, but all of these viruses are the same. And when, when people are just throwing disinfectants and as you said, bleach, uh, what, what is it? I mean, what if they don't use bleach, right? And they leave it sit too long or they shampoo it into the carpet. Let's talk about what are these chemists, what is this chemistry going to do to the floor? So if we're talking about, hard surface and we're talking about sheet vinyl for instance in a dialysis center they use a between a two and a 12 percent solution of bleach they wipe down the surfaces after each patient and they just leave it set so over time on all of those surfaces whether it be a countertop this maybe for mica or uh, a vinyl or leather chip not a leather but a vinyl chair uh, the hard surface floor, sheet vinyl, they all start getting hard and brittle, losing color because of the severe alkalinity of the, the cleaning solution is damaging the product over time. So what is this going to do to the surface and is this going to make their surface even harder to clean later? I mean, uh, so they start with something that's relatively new now. They use a bleach or any other high alkaline product. Um, how long is it going to take before they then can't disinfect or clean that surface the way they were well what happens when you use a high alkaline product on a on a, on any surface is it slowly over time it cracks and breaks down the surface layer the wear layer of the product so you have excuse me just a second one so what that's going to do so then if you start breaking down the surface and and destroying the surface this is going to then create another issue which i talk about here in class at the academy all the time is you have an unintended consequence which is going to leave that surface not smooth anymore which is going to harbor more pathogens and make it even tougher to kill uh, the pathogens or even do basic regular daily cleanup yeah because it actually opens up the pores of the product and makes it more susceptible to uh, staining, more susceptible to attracting fungi, uh, all different types of things like that. And so this is kind of where I wanted to go today on this, Sean, is, you know, 
we're, we're already getting the calls today. You know, we did an infection prevention kind of coronavirus thing on Thursday. Thank you to the folks who joined in live with us. As we do with all of our classes, it was live. We've had the recorded. People are listening to it today. People are calling with questions. And, you know, the one I'm getting is, what's the strongest product that you've got? And this is, I think, where we're going to run into a problem, Sean. Yeah, what's the strongest product you got? Because it's the more is better, stronger is better um, mentality, and you think you're cleaning it. I, I saw a post on a website uh, over the weekend that said that uh, Lysol in the list of uh, things that it kills was the human coronavirus. It was already listed on the can. So well, now, 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 you know, the thing about it is, is a human coronavirus isn't anything new. Influenza, uh, norovirus. Um, there's all the cut. This is just we're talking about. This new one here is COVID nineteen, which is another strain. But human coronavirus is nothing new. No, and and. I don't know enough about this to speak about it, so I don't know if it's the the virus itself is any different than than the flu that just a different strain of flu that we've already had. It's just one. This one seems to be that if you get it once, you can get it again. You're not your body's not creating antibodies against it, so the fear about it is a lot stronger. Um, well, I'm not trying to get you, Sean, to talk about this yeah. effect of everything. I'm trying to get to the point that. What we don't want to be doing, uh, from my viewpoint, and so you're the manufacturer, these are your products, what's going to happen if somebody starts using the highest, the most alkaline product, the biggest, like they say, the biggest, baddest gun that I can? I'm going to get a call, and the floor is going to be discolored, and I'm going to go in and not cover the warranty because it's they've damaged the product using a chemical. And so now I saw something here because I'm, I'm actually looking at this one thing today because it's very recent and this happens to deal with when you, and I, and I know that you're probably not talking about a cruise ship, but if I'm talking about a cruise ship, an airline, these are the transportation devices where all of these people are coming in and out. So I wanted to focus on this a little bit this morning because, you know, there's also something in here about uh, shampooing the carpet with a viral disinfectant. Yeah, uh, there's. We've used those types of things in school, uh, K through 12 elementary schools, where we have kids that get sick and uh, vomit or defecate on the carpet, and we'll go in with those types of products to to clean the carpet. That doesn't hurt the carpet if it's used uh, by you know using the directions that's on the chemical. Now, and and this is the thing here is I'm reading this. It says steam cleaned. Well, the thing about it is, is what people are saying is steam clean. Now, hot water cleaning and steam cleaning are two completely different things. Right. And are you using a truck-mounted unit or are you using um, a, a manual unit that's in, you know, that's self-propelled? So, so the thing is, is what is the heat of what you're doing? And now, now it doesn't say anything about here, and so I just want to clarify some things up. Once that we use a chemical, let's go to the carpet, all right, since we're talking carpet right now. Sure. So since we're on the carpet and we used some type of a uh, pre-cleaning, and this is the thing that folks need to understand is you have to pre-clean before a disinfectant can do anything. I'm not sure that a disinfectant on carpet is actually going to be a virucide, but hey, what the heck? My question is this. 
What if they just keep doing it and leave it in there? Well, that's a lot of times that's what's happened is you hot water extract the floor, the carpet, and then you spray the disinfectant on it and leave it. And then what happens if we continue to do that? You get continual buildup on it, just like if you were to continue spraying hairspray in your hair and not ever wash it out. Well, I'm sorry. I don't have that problem. I don't have enough of that to do that with. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. Exactly. So you get a buildup on the fibers that is a sticky residue um, that attracts soil and stains much easier than the, than the carpet would have if it was just bare carpet fiber. And so this is the thing I'm saying, saying, folks, is since we're here live on Podbean Live this morning with the <clears throat> viruses being one of the big issue, what we have to be concerned about is that there are protocols for doing this, but please look at the protocols and make sure that they involve rinsing because we can't just keep using chemicals and leave it on there. Um, does this chemistry, is it going to affect uh, LVP, rubber, other types of floors like the carpet? Yeah, most definitely. We've got instances in hospitals where the chemical salesperson has came through and sold them some kind of disinfectant. Uh, I can't remember any specific names at the moment, but... Well, I don't want to get in. I don't want to brutalize anybody this way. Yeah, and, here yeah to do that. exactly. And But what happens is they're told to leave it on the floor, and then I get called in six months, three months later... Uh, that they can't clean the floor. And the, and the main thing is, is because there's residue on the floor and they keep, uh, they'll mop it and then put the, red, the, the disinfectant on it and just leave it. And they keep stacking it on top of each other. So you're, you get a cruddy, dirt-filled residue and you end up with a dirtier floor, more infectious floor than what you began with when you were just cleaning it with a neutral cleaner and keeping the floor clean. Well, and I think this is why I wanted to talk about this morning, Sean, because... What's going to be happening is people are going to be following the directions on labels and on the labels, it doesn't specifically say to rinse. The manufacturers are not saying this and, and quite honestly, I got to be honest about this. Salespeople aren't saying, nobody's saying it. And then you and I, we've got to go in and say, and this is not going to happen right away, right? This is right, going to be yeah. six months from now, we're going to be dealing with this issue of what's happened to my floor. Right. That's going to be the exact case. It'll be six or seven months from now where we're dealing with. And investigating to find out what's going to be the proper chemical to even kill this virus is, is going to be the most important thing because there's going to be a lot of ambulance chasers showing up. Well, my product does this and my product does that. And then all we're going to end up with is a lot of residue and dirty floors. So, you know, the thing is, is and, I, and I mean, I've, I've got to tell you, my phone is going off right now. Somebody's coming by and wants another product. They want to know. And my thing is, is I'm afraid of what we're talking about this morning is people are going to be picking up product. They're going to be going out and doing the same old thing they've been doing. And unfortunately, this is going to be where we're at. So what, what would you consider a safe pH of product to be using if I, you know, cause I've got my choices to make right as a client. Right. I can go and choose whatever I want to. So if I was calling up a distributor or my local supplier, what should I be asking them for? I, to be honest with you, Dave, we have as manufacturer, we haven't went down this path. 
I mean, I haven't asked those questions yet. I, mean, I, I would still lead them to believe that to clean the floor more often with the neutral cleaner and continue just to keep the floor clean. Um, and, and then high risk areas like waiting rooms and uh, areas where either triage and treatment areas in healthcare those would be used in with my product would be a two percent bleach solution allow it to dwell three to four minutes and then wipe it off well and i think the thing is is and that's what we're talking about a a let it dwell for the appropriate amount of time and then rinse it and remove that so we don't get the buildup because most everybody's not pre-cleaning appropriately so this is that buildup we're talking about correct you so you clean the floor and in those high risk areas using that 2% bleach solution or a, um, a orange clean, allow it to dwell and then wipe, wipe it off and rinse the area and remove it and do that on a more regular basis. Uh, an an emergency room waiting room should be cleaned every three hours. Uh, wipe all surfaces wiped down and done properly to keep the pathogens from, from growing and being passed to the next person coming in. Well, I know that you, you know. I know that I kind of got you into a really bad area here this morning. Yeah, well, it's uh, hard. To- uh, you know, it, it 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 is because we're on the on one side, you're on the on. But what I really wanted to get to was all of these things that we're talking about doing right now are going to lead for unintended consequences later when it comes to what is the condition of my floor and what do I do now because. I think what's going to happen is we're going to overuse, we're going to use too strong a product, and what's going to happen? Are you still there, Dave? Yeah, and that's what okay. I want, dead air. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know something's going to, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it today. Yeah, I think being a, what I'm going to talk to my clients about is being – careful about where you use these products. So let's think about areas where we have the most contact with anything like that. Public restrooms, entryways, elevators, uh, main lobbies, waiting rooms. Those are areas that need to be supported, but the corridor walking from one office to another doesn't need to have that carpet treated with a disinfectant. Uh, In the administration side of a hospital doesn't need to be treated with a disinfectant. Those areas are, you need the spreading areas to be concentrated on and then make sure that you're consulting with um, your the manufacturer to make sure that you're not using something that's going to damage the product consulting the specifications of the product to make sure just like you would the normal process that you would go through when you're not you know in a fear monger situation well and I think this is the this is it we we have people that are panicking because we don't know where this is going to go exactly with the COVID-19. We know what happens when you get norovirus and back to our ships and our airlines. We have protocols for those coronaviruses. Is this one any different? Well, we don't know for sure. And we don't have a full list of tested products. We don't have a, um, an influenza, or we don't have a, a flu shot, if you will, for this stuff yet. That's correct. And I, that was back to my main point. I think that I can tell you anything to put on it. If you call me, I 
and, and any chemical salesperson could tell you their product's going to kill it. But right now, we just don't know what actually does kill it other than UV light. I know it can't survive in UV light and can't survive in a, a warm environment for any amount of time. So th those are things I've just read. I don't even know those to be facts. Yeah, and we, do, we can't autoclave the building, you know. Right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, we can't go in and we can't UV light everything. And even with the UV light, you still have to have pre-cleaning before you do that. Right. Yeah, because you're only, if you don't have, you're not getting to the surface of the product, you're not doing anything. I think this is the discussions that people need to have more. I mean, you know, I got into a, a conversation with somebody about the masks, and, and everything and I and just to clear that up I know this isn't floor Sean but we're talking about all these issues yeah I think the thing is, is the mask is very much like I look at the disinfectant and the property we, we have to understand why we're using what we're using what we're using it for and how to use it properly Daryl Hicks was very pointed on the fact if you're actually fighting something like this you need to be well educated not just have the tools, but you need to be educated in how to use them. Yeah, just because you put a hammer in somebody's hand doesn't make everybody a carpenter. Well, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll, uh, I'll go with that. I thought you were going to say a rope and you couldn't rope a calf, but hey, yeah. I'll leave that. <laughs> well, I can't rope a calf, so I can. Okay, well, I was okay, then, I, then, then you don't have a rope in your hand, right? Yeah, right, exactly. I don't tie a rope on my saddle for show because I don't know how to use it. Yeah, well, I, I guarantee it's been a while, but I used to do a lot of that. Uh, let's see, we got off track there. Uh, it's live show, folks. So we're on live with Sean DeVore on Podbean Live. We've been on the air now for, oh, about 15, 20 minutes, talking about floors and the residue and residual effects of chemistry on them. Now, you know, I, I get arguments about this, uh, about people saying, Oh, you know, I don't have to rinse. It doesn't say I should. Chemistry is left on a floor. And you and I have talked about this before because of mops on hard floors. Correct. Any further thoughts? I mean, I know we talked about this a couple months ago. Any further thoughts on that subject? Well, when you talk, when you, if you don't, even with an auto scrubber, you go across the floor with your chemical, you still need to rinse the floor because you're leaving residue behind with the auto scrub. Even if you've got a brand new squeegee, I had a client in the Northern part of my territory. We were, we has a new floor down. He's a new customer of ours and he was somewhat disengaged with us because he was happy with the other floor. Couldn't understand why the, the company he worked for had changed, uh, even though he was in maintenance and wasn't in charge of purchasing floors and really didn't have a, a dog in the hunt. Um, he was, I explained that once he goes over the floor with the auto scrubber, he has a, a mop with a clean uh, bucket of water. And he goes behind it and dries and, and rinses the floor at the same time. The, the gentleman was, well, I don't understand why you'd have to do that. Why do you even use the auto scrubber if you don't, you have to come behind it with a mop. I can't afford to have two guys doing that. I'm like, well, you should have been doing that with the other four that you had anyway. Well, you know, the thing is, is I always, I always preach here, a mop is the worst thing to use on floor because it leaves a film. Uh, an auto scrubber doesn't leave a film because of the squeegee. However, right. that being said, if we're putting the chemical into the auto scrubber and we run over it, 
yes, the squeegee is going to pick up more, going to leave less film uh, on chemistry, if you will. I say film right. chemistry on the floor. Right. However, it will leave a, a, a smidgen amount, a minute amount. So what would be the best practice would be to come through with rinse water to rinse the floor. And I think this is a thing we're talking about. Uh, Daryl and I talked about this when we did our, our class on Thursday, is that this is all about pH and physical removal. And this is what you just got through saying. Mm -hmm. We need to use a pH as soft a pH as we can, as close to neutral, but it's the physical removal of these pathogens. And then that has beneficial uh, situations to your floor surface. Yeah, to clean something is to remove soil, dirt, pathogens, fungi, all those things are removed from the floor when it's cleaned properly in a timely basis. That's when I was going back, when I go back to talking about cleaning a emergency room waiting room. If you clean that every three hours, you're removing everything that was there and taking it out in a closed loop environment or a auto scrubber or a bucket or whatever the device is you're removing it from the room with and taking it out of the area. And that, that provides for a safe and clean environment, not so much as leaving um, Lysol or some other kind of chemical residue on the surfaces. So, you know, folks, I see that we've got some people that have been coming on and off uh, uh, joining us here, Podbean Live, uh, here at about a quarter to 11 on a Monday morning. Ah, hey, it's actually the first Monday of March. Can you believe that? The year's already gone. I always count my year from January to September, and I've got less time to sell what I need to sell now. <laughs> uh, they do, the time does go by fast. Um, so do I need to be concerned with what type of floor? I think I know what the answer is. But I want to hear what you think, Sean, about does, does all of this cleaning process and infection removal does it really make a difference on the type of floor or is it just put liquid on and suck it off? Well, I, is it the question more about is a carpeted floor safer than a hard surface floor or is that the path you're going down? I'll let you go there. Okay. So there was a study done in Sweden. Um, I think it's been up towards the three, 30 years ago now where they actually installed carpeting in patient rooms uh, in a hospital as well as hard surface. And they tested the uh, volatile organic compounds or VOCs emitted from the floor throughout this testing period, which I think was about six months. They found that there was less VOCs in the air in the carpeted areas than there were in the hard surface areas. So if you had a, for an example, if you had a patient in the room and patients, visitors, their family came in, that in a carpeted room, anything that had landed on the carpet stayed was not, if it was disturbed when people walked into the room and it didn't go over six inches tall, six inches high into the air. If on the hard surface room, it went as high as six feet in the air. Now, that's that's a, that's true. That's a, those are all facts. The problem with those facts are that. You're not going to go in and hot water extract or dry chemical clean a patient room on a regular basis and get the compounds out of the floor 
that are in there. So the floor gets dirtier and dirtier over time in between cleanings. But so I guess the argument is using different types of flooring in order to accommodate um, the pathogens in the air. And when you're specifying material based on a building is important. So you have the proper type of walk-off mats or walk-off entry systems in, the, in a hospital. You have different transitioning areas where you have soft surface and hard surface. Because there's definitely more pathogens on a hard surface uh, that fly into the air and get moved around more easily than there are on a carpeted or soft surface. But that does mean that you still have to clean the soft surface or the carpeted area um, as much, if not more, than what you do the hard surface because it acts as a filter. I think it's interesting that you're saying that, uh, Sean, because one of the things I, I did in my carpet class that we had this last week is that we, we actually went to Google and said, can I hide one pound of dirt in one square foot of carpet? And Google came up with a video that was about six minutes long and showed how you can. And I think yes. that's the point that you're talking about here. It's how many pathogens are now in there. Yes, it held them down there, but in it holding it down and not putting it into the breathing zone, we're not taking care of the carpet, right? And so if we just go and grab these disinfectants, throw it on there, shampoo it, and then run over it once with a water extractor, how good did we do? And the old... I mean, the the common thing that happens in a hard surface, if it, and I know I talk about commercial because that's my environment, but <clears throat> even in, in the home, if I spill something on an area rug or a carpeted area of my home, I'll go get a terry cloth towel. And I'm in the business. I'll go get a terry cloth towel, and I'll dab up as much as I can, and then I'll get some rinse water and I'll rinse that area and dry it as much as I can and allow it to dry. And that's, that's my stain. I've, I've cleaned it. Well, with hard surface, you spill a cup of coffee or something or drip something on the floor and you clean it more quickly because it's a slip hazard and also because you can see it. So in a commercial environment, what happens with carpet is, you spill, somebody spills something on there in a busy waiting room or something, and it gets walked over a couple of times, and nobody cleans it until the, the, the flooring is extracted again. So it's believed that a hard surface is cleaner simply because people clean it faster because you can see the stain laying there right in front of you uh, instead of in carpet where it disappears. So okay. therefore, it creates a cleaner environment. So I'm going to come back to that, Sean, because then what you were talking about a little bit ago was that the carpet held the airborne down. But then now to your point, which one's cleaner actually for us to be on uh, and walk around on? So if you say at home, uh, is it better for me to walk around on barefoot on a tile floor rather than a carpet floor? Yeah, probably in a home because... If you think about your home or your friends' homes, when's the last time, if you have carpeted surfaces in your room, when was the last time you had a company come in and hot water extract or dry chemical clean that floor? All has been done is vacuumed. And a vacuum, as you've mentioned before, is only as good as the user. And it's not, you know, they run it back and forth one time over each area. 
and it's not vacuumed properly, you've got a ton of things in the carpet. And, and, and that's our point that we're talking today. So, folks, all of you that are listening to us, we're talking live with Sean DeVore on the air. We're talking chemistry and what we leave on the floor. So, uh, you know, we're talking about infectious pathogens and everything today, but one of the things that we're also talking about is the residue, the chemistry that is left. So if you haven't been with us, uh, sorry about that. I noticed we've got probably near a dozen people online with us right now. I appreciate that. If you have a question, a professional question for Sean or I, give us a call or put something into the chat. We'd be glad to answer it. Um, you know, I think this is the issue that we keep going back to, Sean, with this session today is no matter what the surface, no matter what product, chemistry can't be left in that on, in or on that surface. There, yeah, and there's a fine line between that of dwell, what we call talk about dwell time and the time that you just walk and you walking away and just leaving it on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at all of these different things, you know, that they're talking about using an EPA registered approved hospital disinfectant, uh, you know, using all of these things. Um, I was looking at a uh, deal on an airline, you know, that we're supposed to be cleaning things like pillows and magazines and, and other touch surfaces. All of this is correct. Um, but I, 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 the, whenever you look for the guidelines of how to use these products, they never show all of this. They just say what to use. And so what you and I are talking about this morning is what they use is the issue or how they use it looking forward six or seven months from now. Yeah, how they use it, the residues that are left behind and the damage that's done by those chemicals when they're applied and just left on the product. No matter if it's a you know the armrest on an airplane or the carpet on an airplane or the, you know, all these different surfaces that we encounter. Still the most efficient thing to do is wash your hands and don't touch your face. Oh yeah. Well, now you're <laughs> going to get me back to the mask if I go there. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. And, and, and since we're talking all the way around this folks, the mask that you see most people wearing the paper mask or the, the surgical mask is not there for the airborne virus is to keep you from touching your nose and your mouth with your hands that's touched all these surfaces because this is the way that most viruses are brought in, not by breathing, but by actually uh, surface, to, you know, surface hand to mouth. And that's what the, the mask is for. So if you talk about your floor surfaces, Sean, the mask is basically like the mop and the auto scrubber and the chemical. Correct. I often, when I travel through the airports, I see people sitting on the floor in the airport on their computer and sitting <laughs> drinks on the floor, and I'm like, oh, I can't imagine. But, but we don't think about this, and this is where I wanted to go since you talk about floors all the time, Sean, is during this time, we've got to be thinking about what, what we're coming in contact with. And, and people are all so excited about uh, what we're breathing and what we're touching, and you just made a valid point. What are we sitting on? Yeah. I mean, I, I see this all the time, just like you said. Um, so what do we do? Uh, do we run around with a, a pillow or, or some sheet plastic that we lay down before we sit down? 
That's a good question. I mean, when you you can, you can live in a bubble or you can live in life, and I I choose to live in life. But you know, you just have to be conscious of what you're doing and don't you know um, expose yourself in places that don't put your like I used to tell my daughter. Don't put yourself in a situation that you can't get yourself out of. So just kind of think about touching the items and surfaces like that. Well, we've been on air live here on Podbean Live with Sean DeVore. We've been on air for, oh gosh, about 30 minutes. Uh, we are sponsored here by Jim Supply, where it's, uh, they've been cleaning. Well, what, I can't even remember things. I got some of my head so wrapped around this coronavirus thing. I'm just going to screw it all up, so let's just go on. All right. Sean. You know, as we finish this morning, I know that this is kind of a helter-skelter morning for us because the subject, we don't have absolutes on this, but what you and I are talking about today is if we don't do the right thing now when it comes to the chemistry on the floor, what do you think we're in for later when it comes to these surfaces and taking care of them? Well, I, I think to go to your point about cleaning the surface is to not overdo it, to make sure that you're reading the guidelines put forth by the manufacturer on what will damage the product. What eventually comes out from the CDC or other bodies who are educated to tell us these things to what will kill this virus and what's the most effective thing to kill it, taking that knowledge and then applying it to whatever product or surface that you're going to be looking at is what you have to do and how much damage it's going to do to the surface. So I, I would imagine it's going to be something that's pretty simple and pretty basic. It's not going to be anything out, out of the ordinary uh, that's going to kill this virus. It's just we need to find out what that is and then try to apply it. And then, of course, that's not always going to happen in every situation. And to your point, in the future, um, we're going to have some damaged product. We're going to have some product with residue on it, and we're going to have to um, go through some maintenance procedures. And in my side of the business, some of it will be damaged to the point that it will help me keep a job because they'll have to replace it. <laughs> I knew that that was going to come in here somewhere because, <laughs> you know, th th this is the fact of life. Uh, there's not a lot of people going to be listening to our podcast today. Uh, shame on them. Uh, we're trying to help you folks with giving you some insight as to what's going to happen in the future. And, th and that's what I want to talk about today was, you know, as I was telling my boss earlier this morning, we're only at the start of this whole thing. And what is making a lot of people do, Sean, is look more precisely at the chemicals and the chemistry that we're using on all these hard surfaces. Uh, would you agree, I, I keep, and, and I wanted to ask you this, I always tell people that 80% of a custodian's time is spent on floors, not saying hard or soft. Would you agree to that? I would say it's one of the largest surface areas that requires cleaning in a facility. Uh, there, are large, there are surface areas just as large, like the ceiling that never gets cleaned, and <laughs> the upper sides of the walls over eight feet, they never get cleaned. But yeah, it is one of the largest areas and probably where the most time is spent 
uh, on the floor because it's you have to go over it multiple different times in order to clean it properly. <laughs> and so what you're also going to see there is that the damage to surfaces from the chemistry is going to have a very large expense factor, possibly if we do not pay attention to what we're doing now. Yeah, it, exactly. And I, you, it's identifying the root. I, I keep going back to that because it's identifying what's going to actually kill it, the the pathogen. And then once you identify that, then we can try to figure out uh, what's going to actually happen to the floors. Unfortunately, um, to continue repeating ourselves, is it's just going to be more is better, more is better, more is better and it's going to result in some failures. Well, and I think this is a point that, that you said is we should still just be thinking about neutral cleaners. So, folks, if you are uh, using a disinfectant, there are things that are called neutral disinfectants that are hospital-grade, EPA-approved, that will work on human coronavirus. Now, at this point today... I do not know of a definite list, although there's been plenty of people out there marketing things. I have not seen a definite list that actually says that these products are effective against COVID-19. However, we're going to use the best thing we can and the things we have in the stock. So by all means, folks, what I think Sean and I are telling you is to use the safest, if you will, the lowest pH product to neutral as we can and rinse and clean as often as you financially can or physically can in the spaces that you occupy and if you will follow those procedures I think what we're saying Sean is they're going to have less issues later this year yeah I mean a clean surface that's been cleaned with a neutral cleaner on a regular basis will remain clean and not harbor pathogens as well as something that's been damaged by a high alkaline product and in the long run the product is cleaned more often with a neutral cleaner will remain safer than something that's cleaned and damaged by a high alkaline product yeah i think this is the whole thing is everybody um is getting you know, I don't know. We're, we, we have a tendency to get uh, carried away with something. We either don't do anything or we do everything to the point of ridiculousness. And Correct. I'm not saying anybody's doing that that's listening today. However, we have not seen here in the U.S. many cases of it. There, It's not prevalent every single time you go outside of the building that you live in. Um, so, therefore disinfectants aren't required and needed on every single surface at this level today. We don't know what we're in store for. Uh, we'll find out as we go. Please, folks, if you're listening today or listening to this recording on, of our live broadcast, just remember what Sean and I have said. Clean, clean, clean process if you're in a hospital situation, if there's an infected person there, then you have to go to the extent of what we call a high risk. So if you uh, want some information, you want more information, we did our pod or our uh, 
live class last week. We have that out on our Academy of Cleaning uh, Excellence.com. You can go there and you can purchase the recorded version of that. You'll learn all about it and uh, the risk factors and everything we talked about. We have an infection prevention class coming up on April the 2nd. We encourage you to join in on that. Sean, I know it was kind of one of those uh, uh, off-the-cuff interesting things, but uh, it was what uh, is today hot on the topic of everybody's mind. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak about it, and, and thank you for those that came online to listen. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to Dave or myself, and we'll be happy to answer them for you. Any last questions or uh, thoughts before we close this session out, Sean? No, just uh, keep the fuzzy side up. Uh, there you go. You've been listening to Sean DeVore, and uh, we've been live on Podbean Live here on the first Monday of March 2020. We will be back with you and Sean. He comes on the first Monday of every month. So maybe uh, next month it won't be this that we'll be talking about. We can talk about something uh, a little less strenuous. Anyway, folks, whatever you do, keep it healthy, positive, and proactive. We enjoyed the conversation today. We saw several people online. Please like and share what we're doing and encourage others to join in. Until next time, we're out of here. Thank you.